country, and we have grateful hearts because of that. And today is also Pentecost Sunday, and we know that as the day uh, that the friends of Jesus, those people, the disciples, people that were together, received the Holy Spirit for the first time. And so we think about it as the birthday of the church, uh, the very first day where we could experience the things that Jesus was talking about when he said that once he left it, we would do greater things, and the Holy Spirit helped us to do that. And so today, Pentecost Sunday and Memorial Day weekend, so wonderful weekend together. If you're at home today, if you're on the beach today, if you're having a picnic today, and you're with us, we say hello. Make sure that you grab uh, something good out of that picnic basket to, to have communion with us in just a little bit. Uh, Pastor Claire will be leading us in prayer and communion, and so you'll want to have that. And if there's a, you are looking for any information about what's happening this week or the weeks come at Crossroads Church, uh, you can look on the Facebook page and also at ccmonline.org. So we say thank you for being here. In whatever way you want to pray, lift your head to heaven, bow your head to all heaven. Fold your hands, lift your hands, but make that a prayer. That beautiful name of God that is the form of a prayer that is breath, Yahweh. And God, we have seen walls break down. And we've seen dry bones come to life. And we've seen, we've seen you heal and forgive and set free and raise up and mend ruptured relationships. We've seen you do what only you can do because you breathe on us. And so friends, don't be proud here. Begin to pray and ask God for what only God can do. God, by God's own spirit, breathing in this place and breathing in each one of us. Nothing is beyond your help, God. Nothing is beyond your help. Nothing, 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 nothing. Can you all say, God, nothing is beyond your help. Lord, would you do what only you can do for us and for our world, for our community and for us individually? Oh, God, would you do what only you know how to do? But we open up and say yes to whatever it is you want to do in us and through us today. Can you tell God that, that whatever it is that God wants to say to you or do in you today, that you want to trust God to be God on God's own terms? Hmm. Well, let me begin this morning greeting you saying, happy birthday, church, because this is the birth of the church. Over 2,000 years ago, you know, Jesus started it, and there's been a breath that's been moving through the church all these years. Over 2 billion people who have opened up to the work of Christ in nations all over the world that justice and mercy has increased because of Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So go ahead, greet some people and say, Christ in you is the hope this morning. Christ in you is the breath. Come on, say, you got breath. Go ahead, take a deep breath. Say, you got breath. You got breath. There's hope. You got breath. Right? You got breath. (laughs) 
Well, I love that um, we're celebrating Pentecost because we've been all up in it for a long time. And, uh, and so the Feast of Pentecost, my friends, is the celebration of the birth of the church. And that, I want to say, um, has changed my life personally. I mean, it's not just a big idea. It's a little idea right in here that the birth of the church changed me, that because people were gathered together in that upper room and waiting for something that they had never seen before, because they had that kind of courage to wait for something they had never known before, something happened in Don Capo because of those people and Shauna Gamble, and Jeff Thomas, right, and Vaughn France, right? We have been changed because some people gathered together in a room for something they didn't know was going to happen. They had an idea. Joel, too, had a little hint. God was going to pour out God's own spirit on men and women, old and young. People were going to have dreams and prophesy, and things were going to happen that were otherworldly. Because some people gathered together and they didn't know what was going to happen. See, that's how I come to church. I never know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be something. As long as I'm wakeful, I'm saying, God, I want to see what you want me to see. I want to be awake. This morning, I woke out, up and this little prayer came up out of me. Listen to the sound of voices in a foreign tongue that speaks to what you've learned and prepares you for where you're going. Notice the beauty and the diversity of this invitation, friends, which can spark the unknown steps to lead everywhere. Let go of things you've outgrown. Go ahead, tell somebody, let go of things you've outgrown. People, places, situations, habits. Come on. Yeah, that too. Let go of things you've outgrown. (laughs) Live beyond what others have made up in their own minds about you. Oh, you need to hear that again. Let go. Live beyond what others have made up in their own minds about you. And the church, by the way. The idea about the church, we're showing up because we ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. I know... Here's something, here's something you're never going to forget. Ba-ba-ba-baby. That's it, come on. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Yep. Boom, boom. Ba-ba-ba-baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Here's something, here's something you're never going to forget. Ba-ba-ba-baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. We should probably practice that. Okay. Embrace all those things that have been forming in you quietly and wildly. Like some things feel like a wave, right? Other things are just like something's happening. It's real quiet, but it's happening. Embrace all those things that have been forming in you quietly and wildly and let wind and fire be your guide. Like the upper room people, they let wind and fire be their guide. I think that's really cool. Like some of us, we want a manual. We want one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, then do this, then do that, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around. (laughs) 
These people were letting wind and fire guide them. Woo! That's why I light candles, by the way, because it's something beyond me, something I can't harness or control. Traditional Pentecost is an oxymoron. I grew up celebrating Pentecost very traditionally. That's cool, too, but it's an oxymoron. Traditional Pentecost is an oxymoron because Pentecost is something you never saw before, so it's not a tradition yet. There's something brand new and fresh going on. Come on, can I get an amen? It's an oxymoron. The invitation isn't to memorialize some sacred passage as some kind of rote, boring celebration because you can't harness wind and fire. But they can be your guide into all that has yet to come. So happy birthday to the church. Christ birthed and entrusted the Holy Spirit to. You don't have to know what it all means to live in the miracle of the feast for your soul. Set out, be brave, be love, and enjoy. And in the spirit of Pentecost, here's the interpretation of tongues. For God's sake, keep growing up. Amen. <laughs> for God's sake, just tell someone, for God's sake, keep growing up. Because we don't know it all yet. And if we think we do, we're going to cut ourselves off from what God wants to do in 2023 in Deb, right? In Chris, in Bonnie, in Kelly. God wants to do something fresh right here in us, my friends. And I'll tell you, it's another reason. No, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But it's another reason I sit in the front. It's not just so I can get up here quick. It's because I want to be so close that nothing else is going to distract me. I, I want to be watching. What does God want to do now, here, in me? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you want to move up to the front, feel free, but you don't have to. I just know that there is something fresh. There is a fresh wind blowing in me. Yeah. And I believe that whenever God gives me something, it's not for just me. Yeah. I, I believe that if God wants to give me something, he's probably already with wind and fire doing something in you, something that's already occurring. So if you would stand with me, please. I want to pray that as we come and take communion today from who all is going to serve, come on up, all of our servers, we want to say that there is something that could happen in us today if we show up like they did 2,000 years ago. Come on, all my people who are serving, come on up, come on up. And when you look into the eyes of your server today, know that you are looking into the eyes of one who is serving you the life of Christ not just bread and wine, but presence. Not just elements, but elemental miracles that God has breathed on, God has given us for the purpose to transform our lives. And so when you receive communion today, would you take in the life of Christ in such a way that you say, I want to be present to the presence of Christ. I want to be present to bread and wine and wind and fire. 
I want to breathe deep the reality of both tradition and what has not yet happened and receive fresh life today. Could you just lift your heads, friends, and believe that God can do what only God can do today in you as you just show up not knowing what might happen. And so on the night, Jesus, you sat with your friends, you gave thanks, you took bread, you broke it, and you said, take this, all of you, and eat this, my body, given for you. And every time you come and eat, remember. Remember me. And after supper was ended, you lifted up the cup, and you gave thanks, and you said, drink this, all of you the cup of the new covenant, the forgiveness for your sins, for you and for all people. And every time you drink, remember. Remember me. And so today, Jesus, as we come and receive the life of Christ, we say, Jesus, we remember you. Friends, Jesus, we remember you. Well, I just wanted to take some time to welcome you all here today to Crossroads Church and Ministries. It's always great to see all of you guys' beautiful faces. And I would also like to welcome all of you guys who joined us online, whether it be on Facebook or on YouTube. And just want to say welcome. If you are new and you want to connect with Crossroads, you can either scan this QR code in the back or you can meet us at the Next Steps kiosk um, where we can get to know you. And we also will give you a nice prize as well, a nice gift. Not a prize gift. <laughs> um, also, we have from June 6th to June 9th, we have Enneagram training from our pastors, Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire. They're going to do our Enneagram training and register online. You can get more information at ccmonline.org. It's going to be an amazing training. Um, and yeah, you do not want to miss it. Also, if you're not going, please pray for those who are attending that the spirit fills yes. the atmosphere and fills and moves them as well. Oh. Uh, Oh, we got some good news. A fun, 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 fun trip. Wednesday, June 28th, we're taking the middle schoolers to a road trip to Craig's Cruisers. Um, that costs $28 uh, per person. In case you don't know what Craig's Cruisers is, it's a fun place where you can go go-karting. Golf, golf, uh, you can play uh, games. They have arcades everywhere. They have food. They have laser tag. They have, every, they have so much stuff. Um, so it'll be a fun, fun trip. Uh, and if you want to register... Please register at ccmonline.org slash events. And as for recently completed 6th through 8th graders, also there are limited spots. So sign up fast if you would like to go. Um, sign up fast. And those are all of your announcements. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Shaquille. All that with one breath. Awesome, man. When you were... When you were uh, Putting out those rhymes, yeah. I thought he needs he needs to breathe, but apparently you don't. <laughs> it was good. It was like the good kind of. Sometimes when people are talking or something, you ever get like, are they going to breathe? But that wasn't like that. That was. I'm glad he's not breathing. Keep going. Thanks, Shaquille. Another thing I want to mention in. Uh, here we are on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, when Claire, I love that prayer that she wrote today. Beautiful. And I, lo I love the line, especially, 
loved a bunch of the lines, but let go of the things you've outgrown. I had a vision of myself like with a car full of, I think it was clothes, going to Goodwill. Anyway, I don't know. And then there was a line of people behind me. I'm really, this is a joke. Line of people behind me that had carfuls of letting go of things they've outgrown. Anyway, that's just the stage of life. You guys are a tough crowd today. Wow. <laughs> well, let's dive in here. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're distracted. We're going to uh, keep going for a couple more weeks on Nehemiah. Uh, one of the parallels we talked about in Creative Team this week with Nehemiah that's beautiful, I think, with Pentecost is Nehemiah's uh, beautiful uh, commitment to waiting on God's direction. Similar to when the church is birthed, they're directed to go wait. And uh, as Claire's already told us, uh, so, well, wait for really what they don't know they're even waiting for. And Nehemiah um, begins to find out what he's been waiting for, but then he waits in addition after he starts to find out. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes uh, today about, um, as, using Nehemiah as an example, about the, the, the um, kind of the roadblock of distractions in our lives. And how do you keep the main thing, the main thing in your life? How, how do you, uh, what are some of the things you need to pay attention to? And then how can we better um, make sure that we're walking in the things that God's designed us for? Now, the scripture says in Nehemiah 6, it says, Now, when it was reported to Samballat, Tobiah, and to Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall and that no, re- no breach remained in it, although at some time I had not, at that time I had not set up the doors in the gates. Then Sam Ballad and Geshem sent a message to me saying, Come and let us get meet together at Sepharim in the plain of Ono. Everyone say Ono. But they were planning, <laughs> I like that, but they were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Now, if you have a Bible out um, or if you've got it in your phone in some way you can highlight this, highlight that I'm doing a great work and cannot come down. Verse 4, it says, And they sent messages to me four times in this manner, and I answered them in the same way. Then Sam Ballot sent his servant to me in the same manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Now, uh, that's something to highlight as well. An o- There's an intent behind the open letter, and we'll talk a little bit about this, but uh, the letter's intentionally open so that the servant that's delivering it can start rumors. So it's, it's not sealed. It's not a sealed letter that's sent to Nehemiah. It's open, and it's intentionally un- unsealed, essentially, so that Word starts to spread, and this is what it says, and it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Gashmu says that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, you are rebuilding the wall, and you are going to be their king. And this is, they, they have failed at discouraging Nehemiah up to this point, failed at discouraging the people, so now they're going to spread a rumor that Nehemiah is trying to overthrow the king. 
which is obviously, uh, if we don't have time to talk about this today, but it's a, that's a big accusation. And if the king in any way begins to believe that that's true, Nehemiah will be put to death for that, just that accusation, okay? So they're very strategic in their, uh, in their criticism of him and the accusation. According to these reports, you have also appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem concerning you. A king is in Judah, and now it will be reported to the king according to these reports. So come now, let us counsel together. Then I sent a message to him saying, such things as you are saying have not been done, but you are inventing them in your own mind. Say this after me, you are inventing them in your own mind. Now, everything that they're accusing him of, none of this is true. And uh, this is just a part of the process that Nehemiah is in, in trying to build the wall and trying to fulfill the vision, the dream that God's given him and given the people, the Israelites, as it, to rebuild this, the walls around Jerusalem and rebuild kind of the city, actually. And... All of these accusations start to well up, and they become huge distractions if Nehemiah allows it to. But textbook again, Nehemiah deals with the distractions to the things God's called them to in a beautiful, wonderful way. He just simply says this, that I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. And I have a question for all of us. It's simply this. What is the great work in this season of life for you? Or maybe there's some works. What is it for you? Think about it for a minute. Is it perhaps relational restoration? Maybe it's your marriage is the wall that that you're called to right now. Maybe you're in a dating relationship, that's the wall. Or maybe putting those kinds of things like dating on a back burner, maybe that's uh, what your wall is right now. Maybe there's relationships that need to retire. Maybe that's what you need to be not coming down from and focusing on. Maybe there's debt that you have that needs to be retired. Maybe you're trying to buy a house or you're you're trying to establish something that will be helpful for your family and going forward. Uh, Maybe maybe it's a degree that you're uh, actively in pursuit of but you found yourself in a place of a lot of distractions or your career may be like that. There's distractions that are keeping you back in your career. Raising your children, that may be the primary thing God has in your life right now, the thing, or your grandchildren, helping out with your grandchildren, and that needs to be one of the things of focus, but there's a lot of distractions to that. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your emotional health, your spiritual well-being, your spiritual development. Maybe it's sharing your faith. You know you've had this strong invitation to share your faith more clearly than you have been. And you haven't been focused on it because you've been so distracted by so many other things. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know what it is, some of the things that that are for me. See, distractions, good and bad distractions, but especially the good, I think, can be a primary derailment to God's purpose vision, and invitation for our life. See, these distractions that were happening to Nehemiah in in similar ways, kind of metaphorically, they happen in our lives as well. There's these common types of distractions, 
common derailing distractions. The first one that we see with Nehemiah is just opportunity. The, the reality of Nehemiah's life before we get to chapter 6 is Nehemiah's opportunity just to stay in the palace where he came from. He had a great opportunity just to stay there. The question always needs to be asked because our lives more and more and more, especially with things like technology, opportunities prevail or present themselves to us faster, I think, and more often and more clearly than ever before. So it's important that we pay attention to what is mine to do. Say that after me. What is mine to do? If you don't write down anything else today, if you don't get anything else today, just think about this. What is mine to do? There's so many opportunities, so many great opportunities. The greatest distraction in all of our lives is the great, in my opinion, is the distraction of opportunities, entertainment, education, vacation, financial opportunities, athletic opportunities, relational opportunities, investment opportunities, business opportunities, podcasts. It's amazing to me how I can talk to some folks and they tell me about how many podcasts they listen to. And I think, but you don't even have time to like process the podcast. Like your life's not changed. What are you listening to all the podcasts for? Do you think just by listening to the, are you trying to become a pod? I mean, I don't know. It's like, what is the point in all of your listening? Those are great. There's great podcasts, right? There's great things online. I hope you don't shut this off. But hey, you know, there's, there's great things. But what is yours to do relationally? Claire and I will look at each other sometimes and say, let's make sure we don't go beyond our capacity when it comes to relationships. We love relationships with people. We love that so much. But what is it for you? One person said this, I find that I could easily be even busier than I already am making even less progress toward accomplishing the few things I know that God has set before me to do. See, along the way in my story, and you guys have heard some of this, many of you have heard some of this story, but like there were, there were a lot of, and this is how life is for all of us, there's a lot of amazing opportunities. I had an opportunity to pursue baseball beyond high school, and I walked away from it because there, it, it's, it was a distraction to what I knew was mine to do. We were talking with Stacy and Ryan this week, and lo and behold, Stacy told us that she was uh, going. She had a desire at one point to be a Blue Angels pilot. She wanted to be the first female Blue Angels pilot. And then some things happened, and it got sidetracked. And so I shared with them that. I was invited to be an Air Force pilot. I almost went into the Air Force. Claire and I, that was going to be the beginning of our marriage. That's how we were going to pay for education. But when a push came to shove, it was a distraction to what was ours to do. When I became an electrician, I was offered the business that I was working for where I apprenticed and became an electrician. But it was not mine to do been offered, Claire and I have been offered 
spiritual opportunities, pastoral roles multiplied over, church plan opportunities multiplied over, but we know what's ours to do. What is yours to do? Those are all great opportunities. Just last week, I got in the mail from the state of Michigan an invitation to become an electrician for the Department of Transportation for the state of Michigan. That is not mine to do. It might be yours, but it's not mine. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. What is it that is yours to do? The second thing we see with, with Nehemiah is this, is this issue, obviously, of criticism. They, they begin to say he's trying to usurp the authority of the king. And I love this, and I've actually used this in conversations I've had before, not just freely, but in serious conversations. You are making these things up in your mind. That is one of my favorite sentences in the scripture. <laughs> Along the way, maybe you've had critics. You probably have. And you find that there's falsehoods that are created about you. There's things that are said. What you need to pay attention to is what is true about me. And Nehemiah simply says this, I'm not coming down from the wall, and you are inventing these things in your mind. If there's something to learn in the criticism, then learn it. But don't waste your emotional energy around things that are falsehoods. It is the distraction of anger and frustration. Some of us, if we're not careful, we can spend an awful lot of our time and energy around anger and frustration. The crazy thing about Nehemiah is he's literally striving, and this is a normal accusation that happens in the lives of people that are getting things done, especially He's being accused of the very thing that he's striving intensely not to do. And it's usually at a cost to you. And those are the things that are the easiest to become a trap. When you are, somebody criticizes you for what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to move out in, and they try to be critical around those things. And it's easy to get angry about it because you know that you're committed to not doing the very thing that they're, they're accusing you of. Don't fall into the trap. The other thing is accusers many times will accuse you of things that they're guilty of. Again, pay attention and don't fall into the trap. Anger and frustration, not directed properly, because you will get angry, I will get angry, we will get frustrated along the way. But if we don't directly or properly direct those things, they can consume large amounts of our emotional and mental space, our spiritual space, and our life will be detracted from the life that God has given us. I love how Nehemiah responds. He just simply turns when they make the accusation. He tells them, you've made this up in your mind. And he turns to God. And in verse 9, he says, but now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. He gives it over to God. 
He gives his anger, his frustration, the criticism over to God. He pays attention to what possibly he can learn from the criticism. And is there anything true in the criticism? But now, O God, strengthen my hands. What is it for you that you've been criticized over possibly that you simply need to give to God? Pay attention to what you need to learn. But give it over to God and ask God to strengthen your hands, which leads to this last thing I want to mention, and it's fear. Verse 11, Nehemiah just puts it this way. After all of these threats that are going on, I mean, essentially, clearly, they're trying to end his life. They invite him into the temple at a certain point, literally to end his life, and he knows it. But he also knows that he cannot flee because the work is there, and Geography matters in this project. And he simply says this in verse 11. He says, should a man like me flee? It's a great question. And this is where the rubber starts to really meet the road when it comes to vision and dreams in our lives and the things we're called to. Sometimes it is the right thing to do to to get out of the situation. But Nehemiah realizes, no, I'm rebuilding a wall, and we're almost done. And he brings up the question that's a good question for all of us. Should a person like me flee? A person who has been given a sacred responsibility, a divine assignment. Should I abandon the task simply to save my life? See, every dream and vision and every invitation from God involves the unknown. It involves these places where we come to and we have to, we're we're faced with questions that can bring a lot of fear, the questions of what if. What if nobody comes along with me? What if everybody rejects me? What if I can't find another opportunity? What if I can't find investors? What if I fail in what I'm trying to do? Or the opposite can be true too, where we begin to fear. Some of us, we have fear around just missing out. What if I don't take this chance? Will I ever get another? Fear like anger and frustration, again, begins to take up space in our lives and we can lose sight of what could be and should be. So a question around that is, in light of what God has called you to, called me to, in this season, should I be retreating or should I be leaning in? In light of what God has called me to, in light of what God has called you to, in light of the things that you feel like are most important in your life, should you be in retreat mode or should you be in a mode where you're leaning into God? So I think this question comes up, and I'm going to turn this over to Claire for a bit. I think this question comes up around this when we talk about the will of God and What's the will of, what's God's desire for me? What are the invitations? 
And the question that we ask is how can a discerning person be led by God's spirit? How do I pay attention to that? And how do I make sure that the things I'm in pursuit of are what God's inviting me to? And I think, as a discerning person, that we're going to save that. Uh, we're going to save that for next week. All right. And um, I think we want to stay with this question okay. this week and hold it because um, <clears throat> when I hear you say, I'm not coming down, mm-hmm. you've invented these things in your mind, and how can a discerning person be led by God's Spirit? Can you go back to the, the question before that for us, please, AJ? In light of what God has called me to in this season, should I be retreating or leaning in? And I feel like that's just a question that ought to hang there with us this week. So if you got your phone, take a picture of it. In light of what God has called me to in this season, should I be retreating or leaning in? So some people think retreat is bad, mm-hmm. right? And what we know about retreat is retreat is actually a military term. And what it is is that when you're, at the, when you're right up close to the battle and your nose is all up in it, sometimes you need to get back on retreat so you can get a better view of what's happening in the battle line. Know what I'm saying? Like, if you're all up in it, you can't see the forest through the trees. But if you can get back and you can say, is this, okay, so let me just take a look here. Is it time for me to be leaning in, or is it time for me to be getting a more clear vision of what's happening in my life? And you guys are like, it's Memorial Day weekend. We're going into summer. I don't want to think about anything hard. And yet your life keeps showing up 365 days a year, you know, no matter, no matter when it is. And we want to give you space, because um, if the church is not equipping believers to discern, what are we doing? If the church is not making space for people to lean in and discover what God's best and the way you want to co-create in the world, what are we doing here, right? Because that's kind of the big, hairy, audacious dream. It's a kind of a go ye therefore and do what you've been called to do in your go ye therefore. So first of all, let's just pray and say, um, God, what is mine to do? I want to start with that question. Scott, you've given us so much here. What is mine to do in this season? And am I distracted by a lot of really good things? Or am I leaning into what is mine to do? Am I really clear and I need to lean in? Or do I need to step back a little bit and get a really good view of what my life really looks like right now with numerous options and opportunities? Good opportunities, opportunities that aren't so good. They're less good. And some might even be sin. And so whatever from this message was given from your spirit, oh God, we ask that it stay, remain, that we wouldn't be able to shake it, that we'd walk with it and work with it, 
take a view of it with you this week. So maybe you can repeat back to God just what one word or phrase or question or thought rose up for you. Just what one thing that you'd like to stay with this week with God. pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit to hold our friends in this thought, in this question. That even on the day of Pentecost when those friends were willing to go in and wait for what they did not know what would be. Oh, would we be humble enough to not think we know but to be open to something surprisingly fresh and new from your spirit. Would we not be so fixed in our habits and patterns that we could hear a fresh word, fresh wind, fresh fire, Breathe on us, oh God. Holy Ghost, power, breathe on us. Burn in us, Holy Ghost fire. Yesterday is gone, we need you now. Five minutes ago is gone. We need you now. So we're blessing our friends with a week full of earth, wind, and fire. Full of light and fresh breath and fresh movement and the ability to move in, lean in, or retreat, and to hear from your spirit. We bless our friends and pray that this be a year as we begin ordinary time in the church, that it would be ordinary to be filled with your spirit to overflowing. And we pray these things in Christ's name for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Guys, have a beautiful week. Holy Ghost.